When working with couples in therapy, <clears throat> I often speak to the husband and the wife separately in order for me to observe how they are outside of each other's presence. And one thing that I've noticed after years of practice is the process in which couples lose that loving feeling for one another. The excitement and the thrill of marriage starts to wear off. What's worse is that the couples will often quip that their spouse has brought out the worst in them. And this is an awful thing to hear, but it's also quite understandable. After years of trying to adjust to living with and caring for this person, things can go wrong. And it's understandable because before getting married, there were never any responsibilities as deep and as eternal as the commitment of marriage. For example, Rosie might say that she never was an angry person until she met Josh. From a therapist's perspective, taking an analytic approach, it can be that Rosie always had anger issues which remained latent until someone brought them out of her. This can certainly occur when having to live day in and day out with someone. I bring this idea out in the context of this week's Parsha. In general, Bichukosai can seem somewhat depressing, as we are told of all the bad things that will occur if we don't abide by Hashem's commandments. However, the Parsha gives us a golden opportunity to learn how to grow with someone peacefully, even if you have to live with them day in and day out. The Pasuk tells us, V'nasati mishkani b'sochichem v'lo sigal nafshi eschem and I will place my dwelling within you, and my spirit will not reject you. The question is, why would Hashem choose to put his dwelling, namely the base of Mikdash, among people who he is revolted by? Also, what is the meaning of Besochem within you? Why couldn't the Torah say Besochem among you? When we know people casually, without having to live with them, we can oftentimes point out their positive qualities. They seem more attractive and alluring with the mystique of, who is this person? So we want to become closer to them. <clears throat> now, if the basis of wanting to get to know them is grounded in similar values and beliefs, then the relationship can work out. However, if the dwelling was built simply on allure, after a while, people might begin to pick apart their partners and try to find fault in every aspect of the person they chose to live with. They find something wrong in their habits their families of origin, the way they eat, the way they talk. Can you imagine that this is what people tell me in therapy? This leads to the expression that you don't know someone until you live with them, or the more common cliche that familiarity breeds contempt. However, Hashem in our parsha is telling us that even though I will be living among you, I won't become disgusted by you. What a wonderful idea. And how can couples get to this point where they still appreciate each other without looking for faults? To start with, they need to become more spiritual together. They have to walk with their spirits within one another. And this means that they have to feel that they are two halves of a whole and certainly compatible enough to enjoy a long-term relationship. <clears throat> they're not bringing out the worst in each other. And that's just their perception due to never experiencing being whole with someone else. When we feel connected with each other on this spiritual level, we're able to coexist. And this can be said of any relationship. And this especially rings true amongst the different factions of Jewish people trying to live amongst each other, but not necessarily within each other. Claw Yisrael just experienced a horrific tragedy. A friend of mine sent me a video of Rabmeilich Biederman explaining a certain phenomenon in Eretz Yisrael. It's the minute that people should not go back from a Leviah the same way that they came. 
However, there's someone who actually announces this plea, don't go back the same way you came. And Rav Biederman explained that the meaning is deeper behind this plea. Whenever we experience a tragedy, how can we even entertain the idea of going back to the same way we came? <clears throat> Meaning, how can we go back to our same old ways? We can't be the same person after experiencing such a change. And he told over how a Bachar recounted that he was in Meiron on Lagba Omer. He was experiencing the stampede and immediately promised not to speak in shul again, even between Elias, if he were to survive. All of a sudden, he was pulled out from the stampede, from seemingly nowhere. There were many Karbanos who didn't make it, and these were the Karbanos Tzibor. The Chassam Sofer explains that Karbanos Tzibor require Nesachim, which are libations. The libations are the tears that cause us to change. However, these are not wet tears. The most comes from the word Demea, which means mixing. We need to mix with one another and feel connected. So Hashem is speaking to us and saying that if we want to connect with Him, we need to take something on for ourselves. He will live within us, as our Pasuk says, We just have to learn to coexist. So we don't want a tragedy like this to be the catalyst for change. Let's all take upon ourselves a new way of life and get to know each other by living with each other and walking spiritually within each other. Good Shabbos.